Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and joining me today is Al Charche. Here I am. Al is the Next Step Pastor here at Journey, and he is helping us build our discipleship ministry. But today, Al, we're going to just have some fun. All right, so we're going to talk about some, you know, cultural stuff and talk about you know, some current events. You just have fun. Like, in a few minutes, I want you to answer this question. Al, what is a woman? Hmm. So I know you're working on your master's degree. By the way, how's your master's coming? Uh, so it's stressful. Yeah. It's uh, expensive. <laughs> it's not over quick enough. Yeah, you're right um, on track. Yeah. yeah so your degree much. is in uh, spiritual formation. Correct. But you are a uh, an apologetics Hobbyist, right? You, I'm I'm passionate about uh, yeah defending the faith. Why yeah. we have, um, you know, why we're enabled to believe what we believe, and yeah. how to articulate that with others. That we don't just have to live life blindly. Yeah, you and I talk apologetics from time to time, so we have a good time talking about you know what we believe and right. why we believe. You know, right now we're producing the new I Believe series. Yeah, we're in, we're in episode eleven or yep. twelve or somewhere in that neighborhood. It's soon to be finished. Uh, but it's going to be part of our discipleship plan yep. to help people know what they believe and how to defend it. So that's that's under production. But you have a lot of stuff going on. But today we want to kind of just unplug and just have a little fun. Yeah. And talk about what's happening in the meltdown of American American culture. Yeah. So how uh, how worried are you about this meltdown that we're we're? I mean, I trust Jesus. So yeah. ultimately, yeah. he's in charge of all things. So, yeah. you know, I. I it is definitely concerning when you see a lot of what's happening and what's going on in the world today, and especially yeah. having you know four children, the youngest being five years old. I was talking to um, to my kids the other day, uh, Sophie, and then I had the same conversation with Alvin a couple of days later. So we were, we, it was July fourth, and we were talking about um, I forget what article Pastor Ken posted, but it was something about uh, the battle hymn of, of the Republic. Yes, man, what a what a song! Oh, it was great. Yeah, the whole I, I, article was amazing. Yeah, it really was. But in the article, it said that her, the woman who wrote the poem or him, right. her grandfather was, yeah. was in the Battle of Valley Forge yeah. with George Washington. Wow. And so I was sharing that story with them yeah. and with my with my kids. So I put the battle hymn on uh, the radio when yeah. Sophie and I were driving home. She was like, why? What are you doing? <laughs> why are you playing, are you playing this, this old music? But it got us talking a little bit just about the fact that, because uh, she's trying to wrap her mind around the fact that this yeah. woman's grandfather, right. even though she lived in the 1800s into the early 1900s, right. Her grandfather was alive in battle with George Washington. So it got she in the and I. 1700s. Correct. Right. So it wow. got she and I just talking a little bit. I said, hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility for your children to be alive in the, 20, in the 2100s. Yeah. So think about your father, me, yeah. being born in 1976 yeah. and your children living past the year 2100. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was totally possible. Yeah, and then I got me and Alvin talking about it again yeah. a uh, a couple of days later. But you start thinking about that should the Lord tarry and you know 100 years from now what kind of world are we leaving for Keith Richards? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of world are we leaving? Yeah, he's been around for a thousand years too. He's he not has, a thousand. That guy won't yeah. die. He was a rock star when I was a kid. So he, he's what eighty years old. How old is he? Seventy eight. Seventy eight. Yep. So yeah, he's been around for a long time. You know, Battle Hymn of the Republic was written as a as an anthem to encourage the soldiers who were trying to end slavery in mm. America. Yeah. Man, what a story! That woman wrote that poem when it looked like our country was on the brink 
of total demise. Not yeah. only was uh, we're in civil war, they were literally facing the end of the republic. Right. You know, and she wrote this song in the middle of all of that. And the the one line that always catches me is, "And the truth keeps marching on." Mm-hmm. Man, you just can't stop truth. Yeah. You know, even though our culture is demanding that we all ignore truth and pretend that there's a new definition for everything. Right. I just refuse. I'm just going to stick to truth and let you know uh, let the culture does what right. the culture does. You know. Yeah. yeah. At the at the root, and we don't. I don't want to jump into it now, but you know the topics that you want to be uh, able to discuss today. At yeah. the root of all those things, really, that is what you find. You find this redefining of terms. Yeah. You find this um, lack of of uh, responsibility. You know, yeah. wanting to cast and put blame upon everyone else. Yeah. This um, realization that the, the external moral law that our country used to hold in such high regard and used to follow right. is no longer believed in and no longer followed. Yeah. So there's there's a whole lot there. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So I, I was thinking today of what we could talk about. You know, let's just talk truth and honesty. And this is just a podcast about what we think the Bible says and what truth is. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we open it up by asking what is a woman? You know, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about <laughs> so funny. Uh, about global warming. I know you think that would ever be a question that you would ever ask again. You know, if there's anything as if there's anything that can be settled science, you think that would be the one that would be settled right. science. But you know, can global you, warming settled science, but women we just don't know. Can you imagine reason. going back and talking to your grandfather? Yeah, and telling him if we oh were able to travel in time, gosh. these are serious conversations that will be had by politicians and future Supreme Court justices. Yeah, what is hey, a I, woman? If you could answer that question, it would qualify you to be on the Supreme Court. Come on, Jesus, because there are sitting members now who can't define <laughs> what a what a woman is. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, the Green New Deal and global warming. Let's talk a little bit about cancel culture, uh, a little bit about uh, uh, John McEnroe, but that's a name you haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, yeah. He, he said something uh, interesting a while back, but it's recirculating now uh, about his opinion between the women's tennis and the men's tennis rankings, which I think is very telling. Even though it's been dated now, it's still very, very relevant. And then uh, Michael Moore the, the famous documentarian uh, and astute legal mind uh, has written what he's calling the 28th Amendment to the Constitution. Who knew that Michael nice could not only make movies but write the constitutional yeah, I'm law? I'm so thankful for him. Man, what a genius, right? Yeah, so anyway, he wrote a brand new amendment that would overturn the Second Amendment. You know, so we talk about that a little bit. So uh, uh, I think the bottom line here is uh, we want to talk about the Supreme Court and the four decisions, and they made a whole bunch of decisions this term, but four in particular affects culture right. to the core, you know. And um, they're calling it the Alito Court, even though John Roberts is the chief justice, Alito is rocking. Uh, I'm calling it the Amy Coney Barrett Court yeah. because she has been the deciding vote. Yeah. You know, she was appointed and got confirmed right before the presidential election. Had not that happened, none of these decisions would have been made. Right. She was the fifth and deciding vote on all of these. Even though Roberts, who is a you know a yellow-bellied 
you know, uh, coward. Uh, he pretends like he's conservative, yeah. but I, I really want you to tell me how you feel. Well, though. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just. Mm. It's my opinion. You know, he may be a great guy. I'm sure he is, but uh, he's not the conservative he pretends that he is. Yeah. Because even, uh, even the ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, he dissented in his opinion. Like what? Dude, make up your mind. Right. Either you're for it, or at least say I'm against it. Right. You know, but don't pretend like, well, I'm for it, but, you know, I'm mostly against it. Okay, he probably wanted up. to avoid people picketing outside of his house and yeah. showing up at steakhouses to, yeah. to run them off. What about that, man? Here's our. Bounties um, placed on, on Supreme Court justices. What's the, what's the uh, conservative that was just driven out of the restaurant? Kavanaugh. Yeah. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh was having a steak dinner at Morton. By the way, it's a really good steak. Yeah. I've had a Morton one. steak. <sighs> They're $1,000, so you got to save up a year to get one. But he was in there having a steak and uh, gets ran out by a bunch of, uh, you know, protesters, right. you know, that apparently is okay now, you know, because the White House said they have no comment, and, and the president said, well, that's what people do in a democracy. Yeah. I just think if it was uh, conservatives protesting oh, against Sotomayor, they would have been arrested and shipped off the Gitmo last right. night. You know, they'd, they'd be under the jail, you know. So it's, it's just interesting, the two uh, levels of justice in America, right. you know. So we had a lot of stuff, fun stuff to talk about. Um, one of my favorite happened in New Orleans. Did you see this? So the vice president was in New Orleans a couple weeks ago for the Essence Festival, and she's giving a speech on this really nice stage and a giant banner. It's like 20 feet tall, uh, and it's talking about the Essence Festival in New Orleans, Louisiana. Right. And whoever printed the banner misspelled the word Louisiana. Yeah, how fitting. And, and the vice president sitting in front of me, like, did nobody notice that? Right. I mean, how many people had approved a, a $5,000 banner? You know, those banners aren't cheap to print. Right. You know, somebody didn't even spell check. You know, there's the word Louisiana. It might so, have been. The only way it could have been better is if it actually still had the red dotted line underneath the word showing that it was misspelled. Yeah, like, this is a misspelling. <laughs> We're going to ignore it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, this is not, not right. So she's giving a speech, and the whole time I'm thinking, does nobody notice this? Right. Louisiana is missing a letter, you know. Uh, so anyway, all kind of fun stuff to talk about. So Al, um, let's, let's see if you're qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. What is a woman? I'm not really a biologist, as you said before. You know, I'm studying the Bible, so yeah, you that doesn't really read matter for anything yeah. anymore. You can't say. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb okay. and say a woman has a vagina. Whoa, all right. Boom, baby, right there. This is monumental. I know, and a guy has a penis. Imagine that. Yeah, now, you know, in bi I took uh, ninth grade biology in high school. First thing they taught us the first week was XX and XY, remember? Yeah. <laughs> remember, uh, girls are XX chromosomes, boys are XY. Right. And, you know, uh, and any variation for that was considered a birth defect. Mm. So if a boy or girl was born with two sets of right. genitals then it's like zero zero point zero 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 one percent of births has that birth defect right and now we're pretending what well, that's a third gender or i think i've lost count on how many genders there are now i have no idea i don't know 50 or 100 uh, I, I just don't know but uh, well, there are only 26 letters in the alphabet right that's all so yeah, i mean but, eventually you unless they start Adding some new symbols and well, there's also other languages with you, you hieroglyphics. Back, yeah, we can go back to some ancient languages. Yeah, but the truth is, there are two genders, male and female. Period. And boy, who would have ever thought that would get you in trouble? Right. That's controversial. Yeah. That's cancel culture. Right. 
material. You're done, buddy. You can be off Twitter and Facebook and no YouTube. No $1,000 steak for you. You're out, boy. We're going to protest your house tonight. All right. All right. There's boys and there's girls. Right. Period. You know, so John McEnroe said something a while back. I don't know how this is. I just saw the, the blurb. It may be two or three years old, but it was very interesting. So he's on a morning show, one of the talking head morning shows, and there's some angry host asking him about his controversial quote on women's tennis. You know, and John McEnroe, uh, I lived in the 70s. You yeah. were born in the 70s. By the way, you're a bicentennial baby. I am. You were born the year of the bicentennial. Yep. I remember that. We celebrated it. It was, it was a great deal. a special coin. Yeah, do you really? What mm-hmm. month were you born in? December. Oh, so you missed... Uh, Pearl Harbor Day. Oh, December, December 7th. 7th. That's mm-hmm. right. I knew that about... You're like an American patriot, man. Here I am. Are you a secret Navy SEAL? Well, I can't talk about that. I mean, you were born in the bicentennial on... So you uh, want to hear another crazy fact about yeah. my family? What? My brother's birthday is September 11th. <gasps> So either you guys are for or against America, which is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, December seventh. Interesting, man. The bombing of Pearl Harbor, and right. then uh, September eleventh, the, the the Trade Center towers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Craziness. Well, you on September eleventh. Um, again, there's some things I'm just not going to answer or talk about. <laughs> I was at work. I was I was definitely at work. Yeah, you we first watched, heard about it. We watched it on TV. Yeah. Yeah, we were driving to work. Me and Rachel and. All five of our kids, uh, our youngest at that time was newborn. Cam was born August uh, of 2001, and September 11th happened, you know, in 2001. So he was only a few weeks old. So we had loaded him up and all the kids. We were driving to work, and somebody called and said, hey, turn on the radio. Okay, what's going on? Which that by itself is an ancient sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, turn on the radio. You mean the uh, old-timey sound box? Yeah, turn the radio on, and they were announcing the... You know that a, a plane had at that time they said it, it was an accident. Someone drove a plane in, into the World Trade Center. Right, but we found out real quick. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. A, an accident. So yep. anyway, back to John McEnroe. How right. did we, we get off on that? No clue. All right. So John McEnroe said this a couple of years ago. I had to go back and look at the video. Uh, that he was being asked about a book that he wrote, and he made a statement in the book, or he in an interview about the book uh, about women's tennis, and they asked him about the current number one tennis player in the world at that time, and he said. Uh, she's great, you know. I can't think of her name. Uh, Venus or Serena? Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the sisters. Mm-hmm. I think it was Serena. Was number one in the world. Uh, and they said, uh, "What do you think she lands in talent?" He's, and this is what he said. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. She is the single greatest female tennis player in the world, which made all three of the hosts mad. How dare you qualify that with female? You know, you just can't say that about... And he said, what? She's just the best woman player ever. He said, but how about men? She, and this is what he said. Well, if she was in the men's league, she'd be ranked about 700. <laughs> and man, the crew on the set went nuts. They yeah. flipped the, how dare you? Right. That's misogynistic. You can't say that. He said, hey, I'm just... You asked me where I thought she would play. He, he said the top 700 men in the world, all of them could beat her. Yeah. In one-on-one match, yeah, that's just a fact. I'm not being mean. Well, I mean that sounds like an opinion. Yeah, <laughs> like an opinion. Well, is she really number one? So, and that's what he said. He said seven hundred's a lot. I mean, she's pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would put throw away down at seven hundred. They asked him where he would where he would land. He said, if I was playing today, at that time he was like sixty or whatever, fifty-eight. Right. He said I would probably be in the top 
fifteen hundred if I was playing today. Yeah. So even you know he wasn't just trying to slam her. He was just saying men are stronger right. than women. Right. They're stronger. They're faster, and they have more energy. And he was making the point that I think you know all of us at one time accepted. That's why there's two sports: a sports for women and a sports for men. Or two leagues rather. Right. One for men and one 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 for women. You know, uh, me and Kate looked up while Arcade was telling me earlier that um, the world record at that time uh, for pull-ups, and I'm going to ask you to guess. So there's a world record for women's pull-ups and men's, you know, when you grab the bar and pull yep. your chin over the bar, not pull-ups like you wear for a baby. Right. I'm not talking about that. So just pull-ups. So uh, what do you think the, the, the record, uh, it may have been changed by now, at that time was for women uh, doing pull-ups. How many pull-ups could a woman do? Uh, consistently, straight through? Yeah, straight through with, without stopping. Maybe a thousand, maybe. No, what was the answer, Kate? 74. 74. What? That's the world They're record. not even trying. Come 74. On. I could do 74 with one arm. I think David Goggins did like 10,000 <laughs> or something, huh? I don't know. What is it for a man? In a row, it's 651. But I think that was in like 24 hours. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 So this is one, one session. So the men's record is at 654. Gotcha. The women's record is at 74. Yeah. So 600 more pull-ups. Yeah. Now, that's not biased. That's not angry. That's not I can't imagine how bad your are burning after that. I know it. You know, that's just a fact, you know. Right. Uh, I think that's why so many people had a problem with uh, men uh, transgendering to women participating in women's sports was they, they they walk in the door with built-in advantages right that we're not allowed to say anymore or you're you know you're some horrible human being but hey the truth's the truth right if you're born <coughs> if you're born as a guy you have more upper body strength you know, you're faster your endurance is better uh, all these things that you know turn athletes you're canceled buddy i'm out of here get out of here you're boy done. Yeah, so so McEnroe took a beating, and, and then the I love what uh, Nora O'Donnell, the uh, NBC or whoever she's with, said. We're going to give you a chance, Mr. McEnroe, right now to apologize for that. And John McEnroe said, "Absolutely not." He said, "That's just the truth." Yeah. He said, "I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but it's just the truth." You know. What is the truth? Yeah, man. Is there truth? Yeah. Anymore? So when I was in Bible college, our chancellor preached a sermon one time, and he preached a message on. Uh, uh, on truth that cha- what is the word for that when you're able to alter the truth to fit your own uh, um, so there's a f- what is it confirmation bias no it's not well there's moral relativism um, yeah. which true for you isn't true yeah. for me yeah so that's closer what was the word he used though uh, maybe it was truth is relative I think mm-hmm. that was a sermon so he said truth is relative uh, in a world where you don't trust the Bible. Mm. And man, I thought, what's well, a good sermon, but how does it really apply? Everybody knows that. Until today, I realized, man, he saw something that I didn't, I didn't see. Right. He saw the culture slipping quickly down this path to where truth was just relative. Right. You know, And now we're hearing politicians, people who have like real jobs, saying your truth. Live right. your truth. Right. You know, which to me is just a, a silly statement. Right. That's like saying, well, if you don't believe in gravity... There's no gravity for you. Right. Oh, come on, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of what I, I, I was talking to you about before we got started really revolves around that very thing. And, you know, the topics that you wanted to discuss at the root of all of those things yeah. is exactly what we're saying right now. It's, it's getting away from some 
um, external moral law. We know that, that God has given humanity right. law and, and eternity is written on our hearts. The law right. is impressed upon us. So yeah. we get that. We understand that, you and I. But as society has continued to shift over the last you know, 100 years or so, what we see is society, and, and it's, it's really, um, it's very strange for somebody yeah. like me. I love freedom. Yeah. I love personal responsibility. Yeah. They're very high up on my list. Our country was founded on these principles. Yeah. But what a lot of people see is this connection between the, the giving the preeminence towards personal freedom and... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like placing a higher a higher regard for personal freedom yeah. over an external moral law. Yeah. So there's been this separation between the the moral law and personal truth or personal freedom rather. Right. Right. So what 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 people are recognizing, sociologists and people who are looking at society over the last hundred years or so, is how do we get to a place where somebody says well, what's true for you isn't necessarily true for me. Yeah. How do we get to a place where somebody says, well, uh, it's not your right to tell me what to do with my body, even though you're killing another human being yeah. within your body. It's not your body. Yeah. It's, a human, it's another human in you you're killing. Yeah. How do we get to that place? Well, we get to that place when we divorce, when we separate God's law yeah. from freedom. Yeah. And we, we, freedom is a good thing, but yeah. freedom without responsibility yeah. leads to anarchy. Yeah. And this is what we see happen in the book of Judges. It's what we see all throughout the Bible yeah. when, when, when God's people choose to walk away from God's law yeah. and live in the freedom that he's given them, we have chaos, we have anarchy. I agree with that because um, when people who are sinners, who do not know the Lord, act like sinners... We shouldn't be surprised. Right. I'm not surprised that you know there's this movement around uh, killing an unborn child or changing genders or you know taking people's rights away to own handguns because of. Uh, I understand that people who don't have a moral compass and they're just driven by the political winds, you know. But what puzzles me is people who hold power. Right. And authority who are who graduated from the most prestigious schools in the world now occupy in political uh, or secular offices who have succumbed to that, you know, yeah, well, that belief no, system. They have no backbone. Yeah, because even though they're Christians in name or they're religious in uh, expression, but it doesn't reflect in any way inside their, you know. Right. Uh, influence that they so, live in. I read this article actually just this morning. So it was posted yesterday in um, uh, the Christian Post. I'm looking for the statistics. So in the Christian Post yesterday, it said fewer than half of evangelicals and born again Christians believe that the Bible is literally true. I read that. My first thought was they're lying. That was my first thought. Yeah. I think it's higher than that, but I, I could be wrong. You know, it depends on what the question was, but I did read that article. And it's so even. These, these are the, the article itself, I, I'm with you as far as yeah. um, a lack of trust for that organization necessarily. Yeah. But they're quoting the Barna Group and right. they're quoting a couple of other, like David Kinnaman's yeah. group and a couple right. of others right. where they're pulling their statistics from. And I'm saying, okay, maybe there's a little something here. Yeah. So li just listen to this. This is, what the, this is from the Barna Group, from David Kinnaman's group. Okay. Amongst the general population of the country, only 20% of adults polled believe the Bible is the literal word of God. Wow. 29% of the country says it's a, a collection of fables, legends, history, and moral precepts recorded by man. 
Out of 176 million adults polled who identify as Christian, only 6% hold a biblical worldview. That number may be slightly higher. Yeah. That's 15 million people, though. Yeah. Um, regardless, it's still low. That's depressing. <laughs> the study found... That's just depressing, man. The study found, in general, the majority yeah. of America's self-identified Christians believe... It, they believe in a God who is all-powerful. Yeah. They believe in a God who is all-knowing. They believe in a God who is the creator of the universe. But more than half reject the number of biblical teachings and principles, including the existence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my word. This is the last one. Strong majorities do not believe in moral absolutes. Wow. They consider feelings, experience, or the input of friends as their most trusted source of moral guidance. Yeah. So whether those statistics are 100% true yeah. or not, or even if they're in the ballpark, I tend to trust the Barner Group. I think they're, they're pretty accurate. Yeah, I trust them. I That's do. who the Christian mm-hmm. Post is quoting to get their, yeah. their figures. But again, when we talk about why are we arguing over um, what is a woman? Why are we arguing over abortion? Why are mm-hmm. we arguing over gun laws? Why are we arguing over, or arguing over what, what's happening with the EPA and all those sorts of things? Yeah. At the foundation of all of that is, is a population of people, some who even identify as Christian, who don't, have no moral foundation yeah. on God's law. Yeah, and I think probably that is the turning point right there that so many people who could or should believe have decided not to. Right. You know, well, I'll just not, I'm just going to go with the culture. And I don't know if that's really unusual. It's probably been true in every generation. The remnant is a very common phrase in the Bible. People who really hold on to the truth because some people just don't have the courage to stand up to what they believe. They just cave in. Most principles, quote unquote, that, you know, um, the people of the world say they live by are even negotiable principles. For example... It's one thing to say if you're pro-abortion that my body, my choice. Right. <laughs> but another thing to say <clears throat> if you're not wanting to receive the new vaccine right. for COVID. Got to do it. You Well, not your body, your, your choice. Yeah. It's either a principle or it's not. Right. So they're very inconsistent. If I, if I want to kill my baby, it's my body. Right. If the government tells me to have a, a shot that I don't want, then... It's not my body, right. my choice. So even their principles are, are you know, de- what's the word, um, negotiable. Right. You know, and if it's a principle and it's negotiable, then it's just an opinion. Right. You know, yeah. but God's word is God's word. So, you know, the 6% of us, and thanks for making me depressed today, if the 6% <laughs> of us who believe God's word is, is true, then there's hope, man. At least yeah. there's a 15 million of us who right. are, who are you know, I feel like, Elijah, Lord, I'm not the last one. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know what the numbers actually are or yeah. aren't, but we do recognize that, it's, that biblical literacy is a real issue. And, you know, yeah. our superintendent, Doug Clay, um, over the AG, he, he yeah. began to make this initiative right. um, a priority five, six years ago. Whenever yeah. he, I don't remember how long he's been in office now. Uh, he's going on six. Yeah. yeah, So he's made this a, a, a priority in yeah. his administration to try and increase uh, yeah. biblical literacy and, uh, and to help Christians have a, a biblical worldview. I do like the new Bible engagement app yeah, amen. that that we're uh, that we've developed and that we're using. You know, so I think he's he's right. You know, it's God's word. You right. know, it's either God's word or it's not. Either you're going to live your life by it or just ignore it. Right. You know, and many believers have found a, a soft spot. You know, that okay, I go to church, but that whole Bible thing, you know, right. kind of outdated, you know. Uh, either it's God's word or it's not. You know, I believe the Bible is true from the very first verse. Genesis 1 and 1 is just as true as Revelation 21. You know, if it's either all God's word or none of it is right. God's word. 
you know, and that's a, you know, a decision every believer has to come to. Right. Are you trusting God's so, word? But again, that kind of gets back to apologetics because what happens is a lot of people will get saved. They're on fire for Jesus. They come to church mm-hmm. and they're very zealous in their faith and, you know, and they're, they want to be involved in everything that's happening and going on. Yeah. But they... Um, aren't discipled. They yeah. they aren't going through the process of growing and, and maturing in their in their faith. They don't yeah. really come to understand why they believe what they believe. Yeah. They understand they had an experience. They yeah. understand that Jesus is real. But then you know through a lack of discipleship for one reason or or another, you know those individuals don't fully grasp or comprehend the faith that they have. What so was then, the, so then the, they get into the they get into college, they get into the workforce, they get into other areas of life yeah. and, and people start bombarding them with questions. Yeah. And then they feel like they, they don't have a, a response. They can't answer. Right. What was the percentage of Americans that have a biblical worldview? Uh, let me pull it up. It's like less than ten percent, I think you said. Six percent. Six percent. Out of 170, this is this is a big poll. They yeah. pulled 176 million adults. How long did that take them to poll 170? They these, they these are Christian. These are yeah. adults who identify I'm as sorry. Christian. Yeah. Only six percent, 15 million, hold yeah. a biblical worldview. Yeah, and that is an astounding number. I don't trust everything the Christian Post says. Sometimes I just really doubt the veracity. Uh, but that probably is, you know. Right. True. Yeah. David Kinnaman, again, I, I kind of, I, I like David Kinnaman. Yeah. I read all of his books. Yeah. I pulled a couple other quotes from him as I yeah. was doing some research and looking some things up. And um, the Barna Group is fairly, they're yeah. fairly solid. They're middle of the road. They're, they're truth lovers, you know. Yeah. Not every Christian organization is truth lovers, but I think, I think Barna is. Right. You know? um, so I was going to say that. So if 6% of the people have a Christian world view, that explains a lot about the predicament we find ourselves exactly. in, in the culture right you know because people just uh, don't want to be canceled right and they want they don't want to be ostracized at the office right. uh you know christmas party you know right. so i just don't want to say what i believe you know yeah. and you know and, and cancel culture is so real you know that not only on a big scale but on a personal scale you know if you don't toe the company line right you know if you don't say what everybody else is saying then you're a weirdo man you got to get out and i think it's even bigger than just cancel culture that i think that's definitely a huge part of it but you know when you start talking about things like abortion which you know touch a lot of people's hearts yeah um a lot of people are affected by it a lot of people have made that that choice made that decision or they have friends or family members so you start talking about that and, and what happens is people get swayed by their feelings yeah. People get swayed by their emotions and their own life right. experience. Right. So then you, yeah. you begin to place your feelings and your emotion on a higher right. pedestal than what God's right. word is. And I think that's why truth is so important because truth is here and we're trying to live up to truth. Right. Feelings are down here and you try to live down to feelings. But when and all you this, always find yourself in trouble. This, this whole Roe v. Wade thing, uh, the Dobbs case was overturned recently. You yeah. know, I, I'm, I look through social media and I see so many people who I know. People who I love, yeah, um, who are just angry, yeah, and you know, just it's it's heartbreaking just to even think that you're fighting to kill babies, right? And it, I'm just amazed at how many people are willing to go on social media and demand the right to kill their baby. Well, I, I think again, I, I think this this is that's not 
as a result of cancel culture necessarily. Yeah. That's people who are, are, are living by their feelings. Yeah, and I, I totally I, agree. I, but if you don't agree with that, then you get canceled is right. what I'm saying. Yeah, 100%. If you don't flow in that thought, right. if you say, well, that's a baby. No, it's not a baby. Don't say that's a baby. Right. Well, we know, unfortunately, science is advanced greatly in right. prenatal care. Right. And the baby's heart starts developing at four weeks. Right. There's a beating heart by week 10 you, that a doctor can hear, right. you know, and it's not a little clump of cells. It looks like a baby. You know, uh, we know of people that we have ministered to in our church and in our life who had babies at 24 and 25 and 26 weeks right. that were viable outside of the womb, right. not even half term. Yeah. 24 weeks is barely half term. So this baby's four and a half months in the in just Jason, and it, it's viable outside of, of the womb. And we have politicians like the governor of Virginia, the former governor of Virginia before yeah, uh, horrible. before this guy was elected, right. the new guy, uh, Youngkin, was elected. This, is, this guy was a medical doctor, a governor, a sitting governor, who was proposing uh, abortion post-birth. Yeah, it's horrible. Not before. Right. They want to extend it past birth so that the mother, this is what he said, well, the baby's born and they still want to abort we will keep the baby comfortable until right. the mother and her doctor decide what to do. Or in right. other words, to decide whether they're going to kill the baby or right. not. You know, and we can use euphemisms and we can soften the blow of the truth of it. Or, you know, people don't want to look at the gore of an abortion. Right. But it's a human being. Right. By the way, uh, when a baby is aborted, its body parts are sold. I know. Yeah, it was one of the things that I, I, if I wrote If it's a clump of cells, there's no body part. It's body parts are sold. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think it was Ben Carson who said that. You know, yeah. if it's it, they argue that it's not a human, but if it's not a human, then why are you harvesting its organs? Yeah, why are you using its organs? Yeah, man. It, and and I know people have have uh, you know deep passionate feelings about that, and I acknowledge it. And I know people who had abortions. Right. People at our church that you and I have ministered to. Right. You know that we have served. You know uh, that had abortions. I understand. Is it's it's not the unforgivable sin. Amen. We don't throw people away because of bad choices. Right. You know, but we can't pretend it wasn't a bad choice. Right. Because that woman is still hurting from the loss of her child. 100%. And to pretend like you can have an abortion and move on the next day and head straight back to work is just a lie. Right. You know, women who suffer for years post-abortion. Right. And for the doctors and the and the you know, celebrity community to pretend I had an abortion and it was the best thing that ever happened to me is just a lie that right. women are believing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, you know, so I spent a little time this morning just reading through, I was reading through the book of Judges and that, that phrase that is echoed time and time again, you know, that people did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. Um, that they strayed from the Lord. They did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I, it's unfortunate. And I know you wanted to have a good time, and I'm kind of bringing us down that bad road. Yeah, thanks, road. man. <laughs> we'll go back but up. It is, but it is. It's unfortunate. You look across the country today, and you, yeah. and you see the, the state of things, and, and you come yeah. to that place where it's like, look, there are a lot of people in our country yeah. who want to live and want us to live by doing whatever is right in our own eyes. They That's want to so true. Continue to, to, to walk away from you know, God's moral law, the, the law that he's And that brings us. us to what I wanted to get to today was these four decisions by the Supreme Court. Yeah that are monumental. I have been uh, witnessing uh, the pro-life movement for 50 years. So when I was 10 years old is when 
uh, Roe v. Wade was decided. Mm -hmm. And I was too young to understand what abortion was, and I really didn't get the context of unborn children and the right to life and all the things that I learned later on. But something struck me uh, in 1973. Uh, I was the baby of the family, and all my brothers and sisters were gone or about to be gone out of the house. And my mom went to the doctor one day, uh, and I sat in the car. That's back when it was safe to leave your kids in the car. You know, I was fiddling with the radio and with a cigarette lighter. Remember when cars had cigarette lighters? I do. Man, what an invention. You push this little button, (laughs) and you got fire, man, at the end of it. And there was an ashtray, you know, smoking... Smoking is illegal now, you know, most places. Yeah. But I was sitting in the car playing with the radio and the smoke uh, with the uh, cigarette lighter. My mom gets back in the car. She's crying. I'm 10 or maybe 11, right on the right. cusp there. My mom's crying. And uh, so I noticed what's, what's wrong. And she said, I'm changing doctors. And like, what's going on? And, and I said, Mom, what's going on? And she answered me like you would a 10-year-old. And she said, well, I'm going to find a doctor who values unborn children and with that she drove off and Mm -hmm. i didn't know what she meant by that but i look back and later i learned that her doctor that day started advertising that he did abortions Mm. and my mom was just distraught right and that left an impact on me right and my mom taught me that that moment without even really saying much that unborn children are humans that are valuable and deserve life right you know and so i've been thinking about this and so when i got i got saved a few years later i got saved in 1978 uh and then uh you know i started you know developing my worldview about the unborn uh and then uh our church opened a crisis pregnancy center which is what we called it back then for women who were pregnant without a husband or we didn't have the means to have the baby you know so our church got really active in the pro-life ministry you know and i remember thinking we're never going to see the end of this in my lifetime Mm. i you know we prayed for it we believed for it you know and then thousands of these pregnancy help centers opened around america right you know helping women and the church did what the church was supposed to do yeah we rallied around women who were pregnant and didn't have the resources to take care of themselves you know but al honestly i never thought i would live to see the day that roe v wade would be overturned right I'm still a little bit in shock right now right. that we're living in a post-Roe world. Now, the legal minds, Scalia and a lot of other legal minds on both sides of the aisle, said that it was bad law. Mm. Even uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right. who was pro-choice to the extreme, said that Roe was decided on weak legal grounds and it needed to be uh, uh, what was the word? Um, it needed to be codified in right. the law because. Roe would not stand the test of time. And she's the left wing as they come. Right. Because the Supreme Court in 73 made up a, a right that did not exist. Right. You know, they used, was it the 14th Amendment they used? I don't remember. I think it was the, the right to privacy or whatever. They used that as the foundation, you know. But here we are uh, a few weeks after the, this Supreme Court overturned Roe. And they didn't make abortion illegal. You know, contrary to the to the narrative, right? Just uh, put it back in the hands of the state. Exactly, they returned the power back to the hands of the state. Which I think what is that the Tenth Amendment? The Tenth Amendment says not that every right uh, or every um, uh, authority 
that's granted to the federal government is in the Constitution, and all the rest of them belong to the states. So really, the power of, of government today rests in the hands of state legislatures are in really, in essence, in the hands of the people, right. which is how a republic is ran. Right. We are a republic. We're not a democracy. We are a republic where the power rests in the hands of the people and in the and in our duly elected representatives in the local, state, and federal level. You know, that's what makes the republic the most uh, successful form of government ever created. You know, with all of our flaws, a, a, a constitutional republic is still the best experiment ever tried in human Amen. government. You know, so now the power of abortion is back in the hands of the state, and immediately 26 states uh, limited abortion, including Louisiana. Right. You know, so we, we are a pro-life state. You know, even our even our left-wing governor is a pro-life governor. You know, that, that may be the only reason he got elected, because everything else he believes in is a little whacked. You know, but he is pro-life. Right. You know, so, uh, and, and now we have a, a pro-life state, and, you know, that number's growing. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I highlighted this verse this morning. Obviously, this is, this is from Judges. But I, I couldn't help but see the irony here, you know, in what we're talking about today and what I was reading this morning. So in uh, Judges chapter 2, verse 16, it says, Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Wow. Man, I was re I'm saying, I was saying, man, look what the Lord has done, you know. So yeah. there's so much to so much negativity that we could focus on in the world. Yeah. There's so many, you know, we could look at the state of of Christians who yeah. don't have a biblical worldview. We could look at all those things, but but you have I think you you have to stay faithful and true to what we see God doing, and to say that God isn't raising people up. Yeah. And placing people in positions, yeah. um, I think, is just to avoid the, the truth and to avoid the reality of what's going on. But when I read that this morning, I was like, yeah, look, you know, for such a time as this, yeah. these men and women uh, have been raised up, have been placed in positions of power across our country. And, um, and it's a pretty remarkable thing, you yeah. know, just to put the power back in the hands of the people and right. say, okay, well, we're not, we're not, I, to me, it's, it just makes perfect sense. It's not um, overly one way or the other way, frankly, it yeah. just takes and says this was a bad law. Yeah. And let's put it back in the hands of the people. And then let their representatives kind of sort it out, which right. I think is how we're supposed to do it. Right. You know, is that we can have our conversations, we can disagree with, with each other and come to a solution that, you know, works for the common uh, unity of, of, of our nation. You know, but we've almost lost the ability to have. Uh, civil conversations, right? Because you're no longer able to present a, an opposing view, right? You're immediately you're you're a racist or a bigot or a homophobe or, or whatever you are because you just have a different opinion. You right. know that's that's kind of sad. Right. You know that we've been forced into this corner that you can't have a disagreement without being called without being you know labeled some horrible human being. Right. But I think we still just keep having the conversation. You know, this is this is what we think, and this is what we think God's God's plan is. You know, so which brings me to a couple of other things. Here's something that I've been following really close: is Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter? Right. Have you enjoyed this as much as I have? I love everything. He Man, does. I have been every morning. I look forward to the update. You know, <laughs> first he offers to buy them uh, for forty-four billion dollars. So Man, what God. a! <clears throat> how rich are you when you can offer somebody? I'll give you forty-four billion for that. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, that's a lot of money, man. Yeah. yeah, and Twitter said, no, you can't buy us. We're not for sale. Right. Uh, and then, you know, the board of directors and the I think he shareholders. bought 9% of their stock anyway. He did, yeah. He, he spent, what, $3 billion or whatever like on his that. own, $5 Something billion. He, so he, he became the largest shareholder in Twitter. He could eat a Morton steak every day, yeah, three times a day. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he, and and then you can't buy us, and then he bought some of them, and he said you can buy us, but not for that price. So you'll we'll, okay. Well, finally they came around. We'll, we'll sell you, but th then he said, okay. By the way, since I'm buying it, I want to see all your internals. Uh, how many of your users are bots, or you know, are right. are fake? You know, well, that's none of your business. He said, well, if, I, if I'm going to buy it, I want to know. Then they gave him the fire hose of information. So he basically has it or he has access to all that information. And yesterday, last week, he decided, you know what? I don't want to buy it. <laughs> it was almost like he was playing a long game here. He wanted to expose them because Twitter, let's face it, Twitter is is a left-wing left cesspool. If you don't agree with you know the standard right. uh, rhetoric. Then you're blocked. You know they've gotten rid of uh, Babylon B. They've gotten rid of uh, uh, Ben Shapiro. Jordan got, Peterson. Yeah, they got rid of Jordan day. Peterson. Yeah, there's a list longer than we can name right now. Right. You know they got rid of the guy who did What Is a Woman? What's his name? The, um, uh, Matt Walsh. Yeah, got rid of everybody who disagrees. Oh, you're out. You're out. Pretty soon they're gonna be out of users. Right. You know it's, they talk about avoiding an echo chamber. It's like mm, you're creating an echo yeah, chamber. You're actually building one. It should be called <laughs> echo chamber. Right. You know. So now. Now, now he's saying, oh, yeah, I'm out. I'm not buying it. And this morning I read, well, the board's going to sue Elon Musk to force him to buy Twitter for the price he agreed to. You know, and, and did you see the, the meme he released this morning? Right. How much did you laugh? Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, it shows a little bit of his brilliance. Um, is yeah. he trolling them the whole time? Is he, uh, he's still going to get what he wants yeah. if he ultimately wanted to buy the company and he really wants to know yeah. what's going on with the internals, how many, how many bots real, you have or not. How many users now are real? Now you're going to tell me in court. Right. Yeah, today he said that, the little meme he released, right. I want to buy Twitter. No, you can't. Here's, here's my money. I want to look at the bots. Right. Okay, we'll show you the bots. Oh, I don't want to buy it. But then Twitter, I'm going to sue you. He said, great, bring me all the stuff in public then. Let's see what you, yeah. you really got. It was like he's maybe been executing this all along. I don't know if he's that smart, but it just looks like they played right into his hand. Yeah. You know. So Twitter, the most powerful social media uh, platform in the world, may be exposed as a bunch of fakes. It was just you know 1% or 2% of the people on Twitter controlling the whole narrative. Right. You know? uh, and maybe that was his, you know, for all of the things I disagree with Elon Musk about, the one thing I have in common with him is he loves free speech. Yeah. You should be able to think and say what you want to think and say. Right. You know, which is the foundation of our republic, the very first amendment. Right. You know, the right to speak. Right. The right to assemble, the right to worship, the right to a free press. All those things are inherently important in any free society. If you can't say what you think or gather where you want or worship how you choose, then you're not really free. Right. You know? And uh, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Supreme Court. All right, there's four rulings among all the things that came down recently that I think are very, very significant. Uh, one, uh, which was the case that decided the overturn of Roe. Right. Uh, what was the legal name? Dobbs. Yeah, so, so Dobbs was decided. It was Dobbs versus State uh, of Mississippi. J Jackson Health Clinic or, or whatever. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, so anyway, they used that. That law in Mississippi became the impetus to overturn Roe v. Wade. I don't know of a bigger 
decision in American history that it may date back to the civil rights, maybe date back even to, uh, you know, when slavery was ended. You know, right. that, that's how big this is, you know, that uh, it acknowledges that unborn children are humans and we can't just rush through this, that we have to take into account the rights of the unborn. You know, so when does a baby become human? That's, well, that's the big question. Yeah, that's the net. That's the, the but I don't know. How, how do you answer that when you can't even answer what is a woman? Man, and I think that's the danger we're in, in as a society. When a Supreme Court justice, they asked, was her name Kintaji? Kinjata, Kinjata yeah. Brown, I think. Yeah, so when they asked uh, Judge Brown Jackson, what is a woman? And she said, I can't answer that. I'm not a biologist. I was floored. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. And you're sitting on the highest court in the land. Right. And you don't know. Are you not bright? You know she knows. She's a well-educated, brilliant woman. Right. She's one of the top legal minds in the world, and she's not allowed to answer that question. Yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'm going to take it a a step further and, and say what's even more frightening is God is allowing her to get into that position she's in she's on the court so so because ultimately uh, you know if i'm going to remain consistent in my position it's like if god allowed the rest of those guys to be up there to get us in a position we are then the consistent statement is he's allowed her to be where she is as well right and um you know and and i think that i think we're in for interesting times yeah so six of the justices are conservative or lean that way three are not three are left wing to the extreme you know out of nine you know, um, and so now we have people talking about packing the court, passing a new law to add nine more justices to balance it out. Wait, wow, isn't it interesting? We just won an election recently where we appointed three of the justices, you right. know, uh, and now when it's no longer going the way of the, right. you know, the powers that be. Yeah, yeah, we want to we want to add some more. Well, I don't know. Is, is that really is this big election coming up this fall? You know, November is going to be a turning point for America when we, of course, we say that about every election, you know, but this is, this is going to be a good one. So there's another case, uh, the guns right case, uh, right. you know, uh, New York state had a law dating back to 1911 that uh, prevented a person from owning a handgun unless they can prove they needed it for self defense. Mm-hmm. Well, the Supreme Court threw that out and said, no, you can't make people prove it's a, it's a right that's embedded in the Constitution. You know, I, I, the Second Amendment cannot be any clearer, you know. Right. A well-regulated militia being necessary. Right. You know, you cannot pass a law that infringes on a person's right to own uh, a gun. You know, that's the Second Amendment. You right. Know? And it, it's huge. And it's odd that that one's spelled out, that we can own a gun, and it's debated by those who disagree but abortion which is never mentioned well that's a constitutionally protected right right you know their argument is is so weak so that is a huge huge uh uh, win for you know for the ability to own a handgun right you know what what do you think about owning a gun why is that so important to people well i have a few guns i think it's i think it's our inherent right as americans to be able to protect our our homes be able to protect our family yeah so i I'm, i'm all for um legal gun ownership yeah um i think the wrong questions are typically asked by the left and you know by some of those talking heads yeah you know they try they want to ban gun ownership we want to put red flag laws in effect we want to do all these things to stop and hinder people from actually owning guns and 
Um, the, the questions, again, it, it all boils down to the individual, in my opinion. You know, why, why are so many young men willing to kill other young men? Yeah. Why is there such a disregard for human life across yeah. our country today? Yeah. And unfortunately, if we look to the root of you know, a common denominator in a lot of the gun violence, uh, it, it really falls on, on the shoulders of men yeah. in our society. Fatherhood. Yeah, the lack of fathers mm -hmm. in the home. Now, it's not the case for every single individual. No, but it's a lot. But a major portion of the problems that we have as it relates to gun violence or yeah. any violence. You remove the gun. If we never had any guns in the country, you're gonna, they're going to find a way. There would be knife violence. Knife There would be pool cue violence. Right. There would be fist fight violence. Yeah, because the problem isn't the gun. The problem is the heart of man. Right. We have a we have a part a heart a heart issue, and you know I think uh, I think fatherhood is the biggest element, right. but I think also uh, we've instilled in generations of children now that they are products of chance. Right. That you you weren't made, you just accidentally 100%. appeared, and right. your life has no value. You know, uh, now I believe in the biblical account of creation. I believe that we were made in the image of God. I believe in the six literal days. I, I'm. If I'm going to believe the Bible, I'm just going to believe the Bible. Right. And I believe that Genesis 1, 2, and 3 are the account of creation. But we live in a culture where we're told that we're all products of evolution over millions of years of trial and error. Right. And that we're products of chance and that we have no inherent value. You tell children that long enough, they're going to think, well, if I have no value, then you have no value. Right. Why do we value yeah. life at all? Yeah, I mean, that in conjunction with, uh, you know, abortion and, yeah. and all those sorts of things, it's like, yeah, of course people don't value life. Of course right. they don't think that they're important. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, there are, there's a large segment of younger society that walks around literally saying, I didn't ask to be born. Right. I didn't ask to be here. Right. I don't want the responsibilities of this job. I don't want yeah. the responsibility to go to school. I don't want any of this. So right. let me just do what I want to do, live the way I want to live. Why even have human rights? If, we, if human beings are truly a product of chance, we all crawled out of the primordial soup and over millions of years found ourselves here. Why, why have human rights? Right. So, again, I... I Maybe it's just me, but again, I kind of look back to the drifting away of society, oh, away from God's moral law. Yeah. So when we lose that foundation, you know, going back over the last hundred years, this slow progression or degradation, losing the, that that moral foundation. Yeah. What winds up happening is is we lose we lose connection to the truth. Yeah. We lose connection with who we actually are, who who humanity is, who we are as as individuals, yeah. who, how God has made us, and you start coming up with all these other ideas that you evolved from sludge. That human life isn't, you know, that your convenience is more important than the baby that's in your belly. Yeah. And all these lack of personal responsibility. It's not your fault you killed yeah. somebody. It's the gun's fault. Right. Whatever the case may be. Everything is, everything, the dynamics these, change. All yeah. these beliefs. Yeah are directly related to the actions that we see in society yeah. around us. Right. When we began to change the beliefs, the moral foundation of our country and the connection to God's law, yeah. our, our, our actions stem from our beliefs as individuals. And when yeah. you look collectively at the nation, you see that unfortunately yeah. at play, that we are no longer connected to God's law. No. Everybody, every, everybody's, everybody's a law to themselves. Right. You know? And interestingly, uh, enough to me is all the celebrities that are that are pro gun control. They all have bodyguards yeah, who carry guns, <laughs> and they all live in mansions with a gate around them. Right. So while they're telling you you don't need a gun, they have eight bodyguards with a gun. Right. I don't respect any celebrity that tells me to get rid of my gun, and they have. Mm -hmm 
paid bodyguards carrying guns. I just, I, I think you're an, you're an idiot. You know, some of my favorite singers. Some of, I love country music. You know, but when uh, um, I can't, can't think of the guy's name, now. I wish I could think of his name. Maybe the Lord will let me remember. But one of the singers uh, came out pro gun control, and I know. You know, we've seen him in concert. You can't get to the stage because he has bodyguards with guns. Right. But he's going to tell me that I can't own a gun. I want to protect my children. Right. I want to protect my life. I don't live in a gated Your community. Your life isn't as valuable as yeah, his. Yeah, exactly. You know, I wish I could think of his name. Maybe the Lord keeps blocking my name from him. But anyway, I just don't respect people like that. I yeah. can't take them serious. Right. You know, because you want to protect your family and your house. But you want to cheat me out of that same opportunity? Right. What what makes you better better? And a lot of celebrities are like that. They're pro gun control. They're pro abortion. They're they're pro the celebrities are coming out. You know, I was surprised. You know, at some of the celebrities that are believers that came out and made public statements on why they're pro abortion. Right. You know, you don't have the conviction of what you believe. You don't have the courage to stand behind what you believe because you don't want to lose a record deal or you want to sell more albums or you want to you know be able to some get, of it is is you yeah. know, related to cancel culture like you yeah. said and i think some of it is still people yeah. don't even know what they really believe come on man have, have some courage right you know just say what you believe you may make you unpopular uh but at least have the courage of your your convictions you know whether you're a celebrity or just a normal guy like me and you right you know, just be consistent in what you believe right you know here's the third the third uh, Supreme Court decision, the one um, that um, uh, they found in favor of the coach that prayed at football games. Right. You know, I, I just love that this guy, this normal high school coach yeah. at the end of a football game would go kneel in the center field. Right. And any player that wanted to could come. He didn't force anybody. Right. If you want to come pray with me and get thanks to the father. Of course, most of the team did. Right. You know, uh, and then he was fired by his school for the crime of prayer. That's amazing. He prayed. Well, we can't have kids praying because, you know, man, that, that would just. Who knows what that'll lead to. That'll lead to people just loving God and obeying the Ten Commandments. Don't want that, you know. Right. You know, so he, so he sued the, the school district. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they just ruled that he was right, that he has the American guaranteed right to worship God how he sees fit, even when he's a coach at school. Right. You know, I, that to me, that's just monumental. Yeah. You know, it's going to really open up an opportunity for believers to be open about their faith. Yeah. You know, you can bring your children to a drag show, you know, drag queens, public at schools. Public are library. Yeah, at, at a library. Right. Bring your little, but prayer, well, that's yeah, just. Voluntarily con- participating in prayer. That's just. Got to draw the line there. Yeah, we can't have, oh, can't people pray. I just love that our Supreme Court said, yeah, he could pray. Right. And it's okay for us. It seems pretty simple to me. Yeah, it's pray. It's prayer. Yeah. You know? Uh, So that's another huge, huge decision. Common sense. Right. First Amendment. You know, the right to worship cannot be uh, taken away from you. Even when you're in the public square, you can still worship. And the fourth one, and all these are really favorites of mine, but I just love this one, that the Supreme Court said the EPA cannot create laws that do not already exist and enforce them on coal miners. Right. So the EPA basically was putting coal mining out of business. Right. Well, they were, they were shifting and changing every couple of years on what what, what was allowed. What was the, yeah, what's allowed. And basically what's making, it making it impossible. Well, they're making it up as they go along, too. Right. Yeah. And they said, the Supreme Court said, no, the EPA, you cannot make up new laws 
because you don't like the coal industry. That belongs to Congress. If Congress wants to outlaw it, right. they need to outlaw it. Right. You can't do their dirty work for them. And the EPA basically was shot down. And look, you know, we've been in ministry here a long time at Journey. We've had more trouble with the federal and state government in trying to build buildings than anybody else. They fight us more than the devil. There are, there's always another rule and another, right. uh, another zone, another variance, another law. Right. You know that oh, you can't build your building there because there's crickets uh, over there. You know, and and they make up things that are just silly. You know, especially on the federal level. Right. You know, they they create laws not because they're protecting the environment; they're creating laws to protect their power. Right. And that's scary. When the federal government uses its own authority to prevent people from doing what what they they want to do, I understand we live in a community. There has to be standards and rules, but we've also seen the abuse, especially with these right. uh, these agencies that are a law unto themselves. They're 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 bureaucrats who are not accountable to anybody. Right, making up rules that What's affect. What's the quote about you? absolute power corrupts absolutely? absolutely. Yeah, you know, so, you know, we, we've seen it in real time. I'm just I'm just um, grateful that the Supreme Court shot down the EPA and said, no, you can't do that. You know, the truth is, you know, the whole um, global warming movement is basically about giving the government power over energy. That's really all this is about. Right. This is consolidating uh, under the government watch uh, and nationalizing all energy production. Look, 90 plus percent of our energy comes from fossil fuels. Right. That's not going to change in your lifetime. It's not going to change in your children's lifetime right. or in your grandchildren's lifetime. You will live and die a natural life, and we will still be 95% based on fossil fuels because the technology does not exist to go, glo- to go solar or wind does not exist. Now, nuclear is another chance, is another uh, avenue that may work, but environmentalists are against nuclear power. For some reason, it's the cleanest, most efficient form of power ever created. There's but no money in it for them. Exactly. There's, there's no government power in it right. and no money in it. So we know the, that, that gas, uh, oil, and coal power most of the civilized world. Right. And even the electric cars that you know people are promoting gotta get an electric car look when you plug in your electric car you're plugging it into a a coal fire it comes uh, from a, the sky don't it no a coal powered plant oh, the ground it comes yeah. from the ground it's either gas oil or mostly coal power i thought it was plant. invisible yeah what electricity is invisible it's so just, it, you it, just kind of capture it and put it in your car i'm no scientist yeah you're not a biologist or you're not a uh <laughs> you're not a chemical engineer or energy engineer well the truth is when you plug in your electric car you're using coal, gas, or but, but, uh, oil. But does everybody else know that? I don't think so. They should watch this podcast. I know, right? You think that everybody would just they know learn something. that there is no other source of energy, you know, <laughs> which, again, to me, leads back to the biblical account of the great flood. Right. Do you know why there is such a, a vast supply of oil and gas and coal? That... The reason it's called fossil fuels is because of all of those dead things that were buried in the earth. Fossils? Thousands of... Isn't that interesting? Huh. All of those fossils. Yeah. It's called fossil fuel. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. What did Ken Ken Ham from uh, Answers in Genesis said it like this. Billions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the earth. Mm Mm-hmm. 
man, that is why we have energy today. You know, yeah. the gas is like what four dollars, five dollars a gallon. I don't know what it is right now. I think four thirty. I yeah, the other day. four thirty a gallon. Yeah, there's no reason gas should be that expensive. Well, it wasn't it's, like a year ago. It's so exactly a year. Well, when <laughs> year when, when President Biden took office, it was like a dollar seventy nine a right. gallon. You know why? Because there's plenty of energy. America has the world's largest deposit of gold, of gold, of coal, yeah. uh, natural gas, and oil in the world. Apparently, we have so much of it, we're just sending it all to China now. Yeah, we just we just sent over a million barrels to China. Is it a million or five million? Uh, it's millions. We, yeah. nobody, who really knows? Right. You know, so we're in the middle of this energy crisis, and our government is sending China. I thought for sure I was reading something wrong. I was like... It's like, is this real? Is this, these guys are Is this wrong. Babylon B? This can't be. They're selling. Why are we doing They're this? selling our, our oil to our, basically our enemy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. It's, yeah, I, was, it's just I was reading an article this morning and uh, the, there was a meme associated with it. And the meme had, uh, it said, the, the caption said something like, the media trying to find out why we sent 5 million barrels of oil to China. Yeah. And it was a blind guy walking around with a cane. <laughs> But then it said the media trying to find out why you sent twenty five dollars to a trucker, and they're all they've got their binoculars. They're right on top of it. <laughs> Let's look into where that. Yeah, that reminds me, you know, Canada, uh, who's being led. What's this guy's name in Canada? Trudeau. Yeah, Trudeau, uh, who looks a lot like Castro. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of resemblance to Castro. Uh, his his uh, his mother and father were friends with Castro. Right. I don't know if you know that or not. Well, Castro. I mean. Trudeau right. now is, pass, is trying to pass a law banning handguns in Canada, and he's the guy right. that arrested all these truckers right. who were just protesting the lockdown. Right. And he's also the guy that arrested the preacher, right. who's still, I think, in jail right now. Mm. He was in solitary. This guy, his only crime was he preached the gospel without Trudeau's permission, was put in solitary confinement. Yeah. This is Canada. Right. A one-time free nation right. that that's now arresting preachers, street preachers, yeah. and arresting truckers, and trying to outlaw handgun. This is our neighbor to the north, right? You know, that's one generation away from I'm being going a to the south and having a siesta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we're paying five dollars a gallon for gas now, four fifty or whatever it is for gas, and it's the most plentiful energy source in the world. We've just forbidden our oil companies from, um, you know, exploring and finding, you know, new wells and new sources right. in mining coal. You know, now we're we're trying to outsource it. In fact, we're shipping it overseas. You know, the pipeline being built was shut down. Right. You know, all rigs were closed down. You know, this is, you know, it's calculated. The, yeah, the people it's who intentional. the people who are look. I worked in the oil industry for five years. I was I was blue collar labor in the oil industry. They told me in the '80s when I was going to Bible college uh, that there's enough energy. And this is what I was told when I was a kid in the '80s. There's enough energy in the ground in America to fuel our economy for ten thousand years. Yeah. That they knew that they knew of then 10,000 years how much more they found since then so there's no there's no shortage yeah you know uh, the Arab world you know uh, Oman and uh, Iraq and Iran and all these Arab nations right. they have they have wealth today because of oil and gas you know they're 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 exploring and uh, and still producing you yep. know China and India I've been to both places are totally powered by fossil fuels. In fact, it, there is no EPA in China. 
the smog in Beijing is thicker than cigarette smoke every day. Yeah. You know, you wake up in Beijing, you can't see a half a mile because of all of the pollution from, you know, China's not buying into the Green New Deal and backing off on coal and gas. No, they're happy that we are. Right. They'll catch up. Their economy's going to pass us up right. because we're, we're, we're tying the hands of, of, you know, everyday people like me and you to, you know. I didn't go on vacation this year because I didn't want to spend, you know, three hundred dollars on fuel. Right. You know, it's like I don't want to drive to the mountains when okay, I'll just watch a video on YouTube. I don't want to spend five hundred dollars on fuel. Yeah. So they're really changing our our whole life. Right. You know, but the elites aren't aren't bothered by this. They fly around. Uh, I think the funniest sight is seeing a uh, a green summit. You know, a global warming summit when they these fly there. they all fly there. They're private jets. jets. Yeah. You know, there's uh, these knuckleheads from Hollywood who are screaming, you know, global warming are flying over to some exotic resort in that Europe. Don't count. Yeah. And it doesn't uh, count. So you see all these private planes lined up for they a have, mile. They have credits to offset that. Yeah. Right. They all get they, they got credits. They, Their one trip to Davos uh, is a is a uh, global uh, footprint bigger than you and I will make in a lifetime. Well, We'll see. I'm going to try. And we're the problem. I'm going to see how big of a dent I can make. gas up my four-wheel drive, man. Get the Hummer. Let's let's roll the pickup trucks. You know, I I, I just love that we still today had the freedom to to do that. And, you know, I don't think we've seen the end of this story with with gas prices. I think, you know, we're going to see a big change in the days to come in America. Hopefully, if we all survive. You know, so we're going to make it. Four monumental... Supreme Court decisions, which really changes the lay of the land. You know, the pro-life decision, the overturn of Roe v. Wade, the uh, the gun rights decision, uh, where they overturned the law in New York, uh, prayer in public school, where everyday ordinary teachers and coaches can pray and read their Bible, and finally the EPA decision, where the EPA was handed, uh, you know, was shown the door right. out. You can't you, you can't do that. So, man, those are big, big stuff happening. Those are big. What do you what do you see um, uh, in the future, Al? And you know, if we continue this route with the Supreme Court, more good stuff like that. Well, I, I what I see is God is raising up a remnant. So uh, you know, we could look to some of the statistics that we see and, and allow them to you know to, to cause us to get depressed. Yeah. Um, or we could see see what's happening at the the, the level of the courts. Um, to recognize that there's work to be done and disciples to be made, and that God's not done with our country yet. He's not. I, for a moment, I thought it was over, but hey, there's a glimmer of hope, man. He's not done. Maybe, uh, maybe that song is true. Truth keeps marching on, man. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. It, of course, the biggest victory to me is the value of unborn children. Every life matters. Yeah. You know, the pro-life uh, truth that I was taught early on is human life is valuable from the moment of conception to the end of natural life. Right. If every life is not valuable, then no life mm. is valuable. And I think, you know, there's hope. Thank thank God for Amy Coney Barrett and for Brett Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and uh, Clarence Thomas, one of my heroes, and uh, Alito. Those five guys, you know, and, and girls made a huge right huge difference that yep. changes everything you know uh we're going to be addressing this in the days to come at, at journey you know but the church's job just got more much more uh focused you know we're not done because roe is overturned we have an opportunity now 
to be the hands and feet of Christ Amen. to women who find themselves, our families who find themselves, you know, in in uh, uh, in the position of not being able to, right. you know, pay for the the, the childcare they need or right. the. Uh, you know, can we be the hands and feet of Jesus for unborn children and for moms who can't, you know, make it without help? You know, so I think we have a chance, you know, to to do that. I think Christians have been doing that. I think Absolutely. We, you know, we, I know we have. Yeah. Christians, by and large, are the largest demographic of people who are adopting children, who are yeah. fostering children, who they are, are supporting, you know, uh, people in need and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 like you, I, I think that with the changing of... Um, of the law, this kind of handing down of, of responsibility from the, the federal level back down to the state level. Yeah. I think there's going to be a period of time, there's going to be an adjustment that takes yeah. place um, where things are going to be a little bit challenging. Things are going to be a little bit hard. You are yeah. going to have more more babies that are going to be born. And um, that's a greater opportunity right. for the church yeah. to continue being the church. It really it's is. It's a greater opportunity for us to, to step up. Hopefully, you know, part of the outcome is, you know, as... Um, abortions become harder to obtain. Hopefully, it'll encourage a little bit more personal responsibility. Yeah. Um, hopefully, it'll it'll give us an opportunity to um, not just encourage personal responsibility, but to elevate the the family unit again. Yeah. The importance of having fathers and mothers in a home raising their children and not um, living so irresponsibly and. So, so I think yeah. that there's definitely a hard season ahead as we kind of transition a little bit with the, yeah. this new court. But I think it's all for the better, you know. And God is, right. He's put He's put them in place for a reason, and I believe that He's He still has a remnant of people um, who are called yeah. to do His will on earth as it is in heaven. Well, let's wrap it up with this. So this is not the Supreme Court. This is the Louisiana State Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. So. I call this an honorable mention. You know, we have a we have a very left wing governor, Governor Edwards, uh, is a Democrat, and he's very left wing in most of his uh, leadership. He locked down the state during the pandemic, and you know, closed churches. You know, ironically, you know, the state government left open casinos and strip joints and marijuana dispensaries and right. other. Uh, non-essentials and maybe it's not non-essential in their world but but they closed the church and i know that because i was on a conference call with the governor's office and i didn't get to talk to him but he was just basically giving a speech to right. us you know the, so there's like 200 pastors or whatever the number was i don't remember what the number was there was a right. lot of us on the conference call and he did a whole bunch of those right. trying, to, trying to talk to as many pastors as he could and he basically said hey we're shutting down the state you guys can't meet anymore to, you know, it was that clear, you know, and it, it was, it was like, I was in shock. Like, are you kidding me? Wait, what? So you're going to keep open the casinos, but the church has to close. Right. This just seems, uh, our job is we're, we're there to help people we're, right. that are sick. So we can't pray for the sick anymore and we can't do our ministry. Uh, many of us, uh, uh, stayed open anyway. Yeah, you know, most of us under the radar, uh, but a couple of people were made examples of. Yeah, for example, Pastor Tony Spell, right, uh, in Central Louisiana, was arrested. For now, he made a big stand. He made a public stand. You know, uh, he had some serious courage. You know, uh, but it cost him. He was arrested uh, and, um, you know, put in uh, eventually a, a home arrest. He right. didn't leave his house, you know, but he just said, I'm not going to live by that. So I, this was not broadcast very much in the media, which is it's just why I don't trust the media and I don't like the media. They're liars. 
you know, just to put it mildly. I just think they lie and they, they try to create a narrative. So I don't trust, I don't trust the network news. I don't trust local news. I don't trust uh, uh, these people because they have an agenda. What about the Slidell news? Is there one? No, I, I would probably trust them if they did. I probably <laughs> wouldn't know them. Uh, but by and large, you can't trust the media, you know, because they have an agenda. Uh, but this is true. I looked it up. Uh, and you got to search really deep to find it. Uh, but the Supreme Court, the Louisiana Supreme Court, heard the case of Tony Spell, Pastor Tony Spell, Spell who sued the governor, state of Louisiana, for unlawful arrest and for closing down his church. And this is what the court said. The court, the Louisiana Supreme Court, now I, I quote in here, ordered all charges dropped against Pastor Spell. He won the case. He Amen. beat the governor of the state. He beat the legislature. He beat all of these lockdowns, the local lockdowns. He beat them all. Yeah. And he was ordered to be released. And let me give you the exact quote. Louisiana Supreme Court drops charges against Pastor Tony Spell, who's, who held church during the COVID lockdown. In May 2022, the Supreme Court uh, ruled in favor of Tony Spell of Central Louisiana uh, in defiance of the restrictions by Governor John Bell Edwards, who had imposed those restrictions to stop the spread of COVID. The justices overruled the restrictions and found in favor of the pastor. Hopefully you get some money. Boy, he took on the state and the governor and won. You think that would have been headline news for a couple of weeks, right? Why talk about that? Oh, don't mention that. You know, he's an anti-vaxxer or he was he was a, he was a covid denier or, or whatever, you know. But Pastor Spell just said, I'm going to worship God like I want to worship God. Right. And if you don't want to come, you don't have to. Right. But I'm going to be at my church. So the governor uh, and we know this because we had some uh, direct conversation. The governor limited in-person meetings at church to 10 people, which basically meant that our staff couldn't even come to church. <laughs> right. Right. We had to pick and choose had we followed those directions, you know, and if it did come, you had to have uh, social distancing and mask wearing and hand washing and uh, and all all the things right. that you know was part of the part of the lockdown, you know, but by and large, a lot of churches in Louisiana said, no thanks, it's a crazy time. we're going to just meet we're going to just worship God right you know, and, and Tony was the one that was made the example of they didn't arrest me and you, thank right. God, amen, you know. Uh, so once again, the governor's overreach has been defeated in I court. I tend to do all right in jail, though. Yeah, you, well, you've had some experience. <laughs> I've had none. Uh, I've had, I've had. I got saved when I was fifteen. I never went to jail. I know the routine. You spent a few nights. A little yeah. bit. It's okay. <laughs> but you're out. You're on the, the other side. Don't now. eat the sandwiches. Yeah, don't eat the sandwich. Uh, but that was a great victory, state wise, for the local church. You know, uh, and the governor, uh, this is what the governor's office said. Let me read you the quote. Um, so after the case was decided, while the governor disagrees with the Louisiana Supreme Court's ruling and maintains that his orders were both necessary and lawful, he is accepting of the ruling. Oh, how nice well, of him. Well, thank you. It is the Supreme Court. You know, you were wrong, Governor. Right. You were wrong to lock down the church. You were wrong to bind us to 10 people. You were wrong. Yeah. You know, in fact, you know, uh, uh, the church probably is, in my opinion, the most necessary of all institutions because right. we're there to help the sick, to care for the sick, to pray for the sick, you know. And uh, I, I just, I'm just astounded that, 
you know, the governor still is standing that what he did was right and lawful. You know, his spokeswoman said uh, she noted that he worked closely with faith leaders throughout the pandemic and encouraged them to hold service as safely as possible. That's not true. Right. He told us we couldn't meet. And right. if we did meet, 10 people was the yeah, max. You're in violation. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, I know, of, I know of churches that did close down because of his order. Many right. of my friends stopped meeting. Right. Posted signs on the door. We're not meeting until the governor gives us permission. You know, so I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's just incredible. You know, yeah. this finding, this ruling by the Louisiana Supreme Court is amazing because should there be another pandemic? And it sounds like the government's planning one. Because President Biden said the other day, uh, when the next pandemic comes, like, dude, what do you know? How do you know it's another pandemic coming? I thought they were once every thousand years. Where's Bill Gates? Yeah, how do you know? Yeah, yeah. Where's Bill? Does Keith Richards know about this? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of world are we leaving for Keith Richards? It's messed up when I tell you. But God's still in control. Oh, man. All right, any final words you want to say? No, I'm good, Pastor. Wrap it up. No, I'm hungry. I'm ready for a Morton steak. Man, I could use some nachos. Uh, hey, it's been fun talking about this, man. I had you a know, good time. What a privilege we have to serve in the church. What a privilege we have that we get to go to work every day at a place that we love so much, to serve the Lord and to serve God's people. You know, it's, it's just a privilege. You know, and we Amen. do pray for our leaders, you know, but be, because we live in America, our leaders are servants. Yeah. They're not kings. I think they forget that. They're servants. Even the president is a public servant. You know, the congressmen are public nice servants. But you're going to say something else. Yeah, public servant. <laughs> our president is a yeah, yeah public servant. A blank with a lot yeah, of things. The governor there. is a public servant. You know, <laughs> the power in America rests in the hands of the people. Right. And we can't forget that. So when people, uh, you know, say, "Well, we got to, you know, we got to follow those in authority," what well, that means, the people, because we have. The ultimate authority, you know, and, you know, every public servant in America takes an oath to the Constitution. That doesn't matter. That's their first line of responsibility. Uh, that's just formalities. Those, those first 10 amendments. Aesthetics. <laughs> just looks yeah, good. Yeah, I want to get into all that. Put my you hand know? on this book right here. Yeah. Put I'm any gonna, book there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want our public servants to live up to the oath they made. And that is to protect uh, the first you know, 10 amendments especially, but all 27 of them, you know, even though Michael Moore's writing a 28th one, you know, you know, it, 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 it wrap up. I said, so Michael Moore, who's the documentarian movie maker is, uh, and I read the 28th amendment that he proposed that uh, people be forbidden to have a right to a handgun unless they can prove that they need it for self-defense. And then they're limited to only uh, one gun per a year or whatever that, that they can purchase. I'm like, well, this is just, you know, insane. Maybe we, sh- we should pass a law that uh, overweight documentarians. <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> Maybe we should pass a law that. <laughs> I was going to say something about the, a law that, that you can only eat one hamburger a month. Yeah, that overweight documentarians can't make one, but one bad movie a year, you know, yeah. because he's made so many of them. They're mostly filled with lies, yeah. you know. But hey, I celebrate. Hey, Watch Michael Moore. I'm happy for you to yeah. say what you want to say, Michael. I believe that the battle of ideas is what makes America strong. Right. You put your best argument out, and I'll put my best argument out, and let's see which one's true. Amen. I'm, I'm okay with that. May the truth keep marching on. 
you know, and may we be humble enough to acknowledge when we're wrong, mm-hmm. you know, may the grace of God be on all of God bless America, man. So Amen. had a great conversation, man. It was fun. Yeah, let's pick it up again. Let's, let's do one real soon. Let me know. When. Uh, let's see what's coming up. You know, we'll, uh, we'll follow the, uh, the Elon Musk trail and see what the, uh, what politics. Got to slow down having kids. I know. So the other day he had, he had, looks like he's up to number nine or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like I think he's in double digits. Women. He's got He's, 18 different women, yeah, 97 Yeah, he has a kids. lot of kids about a lot of different people. He's trying to colonize his own and planet or something. But he's worth, is he the richest man in the world or in America? He's up there, I don't know. How much is he worth? Do you have, have any no idea? idea? Billions? Yeah, he's up there in the top probably I mean, five. His day job is building a rocket to the moon. Yeah. That's his day job. Trying to prolong, uh, prolong civilization. What, so. what a day job. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm building a rocket I'm to the moon. I'm just trying to make yeah. the... Human yeah. species survive on no, another planet. So he owns SpaceX and he owns, uh, what's the car company? Tesla. Yeah, Tesla yeah. owns the car company. You know, you think he'd be the hero of the green movement. He's building electric cars. Yeah. Now they hate him. Now they they're trying him. to cancel him. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, it's been great, man. Thanks for uh, spending your morning with me here. And thanks for watching us today, man. This has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Uh, I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. Check us out at jf.church or go to your uh, app store and download the Journey app at Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, type that into the search bar. Download our app. It's pi- packed full of uh, resources to help build your faith. Uh, if you're nearby, if you're living in Slidell or in the North Shore here in New Orleans, come visit us here at Journey or lo- log on and watch us on the online campus. So uh, for Journey Fellowship Church, this is Doug, Mc- Doug McAllister, and this has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. <laughs>